position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 104 of the Best Linux Podcast. <laughs> being recorded for you on this Friday the 21st of October 2016 10 21 at 22 42 p.m. also known as 22 or also known as uh <laughs> Pacific time also known as uh like 10 50 p.m. Pacific time I know there's a difference between the wall clock that I always cite and the time I cite first but you know you Oh, you give a fucking aspirin an headache, pal! That's right, I would. Thank you, uh, crack engineer Ivor Molina in the booth over there, uh, says hi. Working overtime, evidently. I'm prepared to do you a favor. Oh, thank you, Ivor. He's prepared to do us a favor. Oh, Ivor says hello. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> See, we can't do this one or two ways. Oh, is that right, Ivor? We can do it the nice way. I like that. Which I think you'll prefer. Because yeah. the other way is, is that my friend here takes you one by one, puts your head through the fucking window. Oh, ho, 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 Ivor! Ivor. Oh, my goodness. Ivor's holding up the whiskey sign. I think that's what he meant by that last clip. Uh, <laughs> fucking window indeed. Mmm. Oh, my. Mmm. 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 
So we really don't have any top stories this week, uh, apart from uh, intertwined with our feature this week, which is uh, another installment of the What I Am Playing segment, which we will talk about a guy that we're going to talk about basically in every segment of the show this week, Mr. Uh, Monsieur, Monsieur le, Monsieur le Man Max, Monsieur le Crazy, <laughs> Crazy, Crazy Max, Max le Crazy, uh, Mad Max, which unless you've been living underneath a rock, has uh, come to Linux, Feral Interactive, the glorious people at Feral Interactive, who I love so well, I love them, the same people who brought you uh, Shadows of Mordor, the port of Shadows of Mordor, the port of, I think they did the port of Tomb Raider. Uh, let's actually check that. Yeah, Ivor. That means you should be checking that. Okay, well, anyway, I think Feral Interactive did the port of Tomb Raider, but who knows? Because, ah, okay. Ivor's giving me the finger. Good. Store page for Tomb Raider. Let's pull this up. Yeah. And by the way, in case this is like your first time listening to the show, um, I really like Tomb Raider just a little bit. Just just a wee pequeño little bit, motherfucker. Um, let's see. Why doesn't it... God, I hate how difficult it is. Yes. Feral Interactive did the port of Tomb Raider. Which I said simply put, one of the best adventure games I've ever played. Fantastic. 9.5 also. Single best looking game I've ever played on Linux. Buckle up. That was my summation review. For anyway, they also did as of yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, um, the port of Mad Max Feral Interactive. So, yeah, like I mean, I was super pumped when I saw that. Then I opened it up. I wasn't that pumped about the game. I was just pumped that I was pumped about the game. But then I saw that Feral Interactive did the game, and then you know, I mean. That's right, stop the presses. So we were off to the races again. So this week our feature is uh, what I'm playing on Mad Max. Not a review, just a feature. Um, And our best Linux games podcast, The Column, which you can read by finding uh, the link in the show blurb for wherever you found this episode. Um, We're still working on rolling that out. That should be done. Rolling out The Column, which this week is called Don't Get Mad, Just Get Max. Um... We should be rolling that out on the www.bestlinuxgames.com website. We should be rolling that out with its own little niche and nook and everything, and it should display better and everything. This week, we're 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 blocking out the time now to do that this week. So just like everything else, um, he didn't say unforeseeable. You may have heard them say that, but he did not say that, and that is a fact. Just like our awesome track record of uh, meeting those uh, deadlines that we we put on ourselves. It's a fact. We're rolling it out this week. You know, it's like Donald Trump. You know, the facts don't matter here. <laughs> well, reality, reality, reality here is malleable. So, that's that's it for our top stories. Let's get straight to our new and noteworthy. Got, we got a lot of Got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Hit him, Ivor! I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. 
<laughs> of course, new and noteworthy. Thank you, Ivor. Uh, Ivor, you're right, Ivor. I did forget something. Uh, we have gotten, we've made some progress on work in terms of our top stories. We've made some progress on in terms of working our out our Jack sound issues. So this week should be better. Next week should be, you know, this week will be proof is in the pudding or whatever. You know, blah blah blah. You know. Don't you fucking talk to me like I'm some kind of mug. Okay, okay, Ivor, okay. Uh, Ivor's been working super hard on it, which means not at all. So anyway, our new and noteworthy this week. (laughs) Don't you fucking look at me like that, Ivor. Don't you fucking look at me. Our new and noteworthy this week. First of all, we have a game called Soulless. That's S-O-U-L-E-S-S. Ray of Hope. It's Soulless colon, Ray of Hope, which looks like Nihilumbra, um, and I wasn't that excited about it, you know, I don't care, came out October 18th, 2016, so three days ago, Nihilumbra, by the way, and Solus Ray of Hope, they both have this very dark, um, illuminated character kind of, uh, side-scrolling platform, puzzle platformer look, I did not get Solus Ray of Hope, but now through, um, November 1st, it's 15% off. The reason I wanted to mention, to be sure to mention Soulless Ray of Hope is in the, if you scroll down on their store page and read the about this game, it reads, To wit, <laughs> give in to Soulless, the enigmatic indie 2D puzzle platformer developed by two high school students and greenlit by the Steam community. And then it goes in to describe the gameplay. You know, I'm not that into the idea of puzzle platformers. Um, and I bought a lot of games. I'm already booked up for games, but that right there, two high school students made a game, Greenlight, Steam Community, people who don't understand what I'm talking about when I say that, like, you know, this whole idea of Steam and, you know, Unity and all this consolidation of, uh, of, uh, intellectual capital and, and streamlining of all this shit, those people who don't understand that, well, bam, 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 soulless, ray of hope, uh, 15% off, $8.49 from $9.99, personally, I'd rather pay $9.99 for it, just cause it's too high school to fucking I don't give a shit. Um, younger, younger. They must learn younger. So, okay, so that's Soulless Ray of Hope. Then we have a game. Uh, just an honorable mention here, interstitially, because my buddy, the infamous one, the infamous one, uh, demanded that I review it. I have no time this week to even blah. And next week looks like it's going to be booked up as well. But Negligé. N-E-G-L-I-G-E E G is in G spot E is in E extra delicious um, it's like a demi you know pseudo visual novel porno game I'm not that interested in the visual novel aspect of it but you know I might give it a shot I might give it a little look see negligee now through October 26th 10% off $11.69 I really have done my damnedest to avoid ever doing a visual novel on Best Links Games Podcast, partially because I knew that it was going to be a genre that that would be like a glut of titles for it. In fact, how did I know that? Because about four or five months before, like, all these motherfucking glut of titles, visual novel titles started coming out for Steam across all platforms, but specifically, they, they clog up and, and fill my... Uh, Linux only 
recent releases list week after week after week. Um, about four or five months before this trend hit, I was making a visual novel for Steam using, uh, oh god, what is the name of that fuck? oh god! Oh, uh, I know, Ivor, it's not your fault. How do you make a visual novel in Linux? Because it's, oh, it's got a very special name and I can't remember the name of the program. Mm, it's like the informed compiler, but it, RenPy. Oh, man, massive. That's scary that I could forget RenPy. R-E-N uh, hyphen P-Y visual novel engine. Check it out. Uh, if you want to make your own visual novels, um, my visual novel stalled because of the visual aspect. Oh boy, I'm looking at, <laughs> at negligee as it scrolls through <laughs> the screenshots. And uh, but no, we we prefer to get our ninja boners elsewhere. Yes, I know that made no sense because it was a complete non sequitur. My mind has been erased by <laughs> the giant anime tits. Oh my god. Okay, so moving on looks. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's going to have to go on the back burner because. <laughs> because. Um, uh, okay, so we're just gonna look at anything else other than this. Let's just go, just go, click on store, click on store, just get me some stuff. Oh my god. Okay, so that's negligee. Uh, we're gonna go evidently a little bit long this week because we still have to get to our feature on Memax, but anyway. Um, up next we have Goner, which I don't know if it has. That's G O N N E R. Let's see if they have. Here's a tip to independent developers. Put people talking, even if it has to be like a fucking voiceover uh, in your videos. Goner is one of those games that, you know, doesn't have any voice acting in the game. So yeah, like this video is doing us very little good, but <laughs> it's <laughs> so ironic after all the times we fucked up since going to Linux Mint. Anyway, all of those problems have been resolved, I think. If you could hear any of the... You know, so here's what Goner has to say for itself. I've played Goner. Goner looks kind of special. But here's what it has to say for itself. This is just a new and nowhere. They came out October 12th, 2016. Goner is a tough-as-hell, procedurally generated, two-dimensional platformer with roguelike elements. My God! How many fucking... At this point, how... God damn! I know it's like the best way to describe what's happening in the game, but like, just in the same. Okay, we're this is a segue. We'll come back to Goner in a moment. Okay, I have to tell you. So I started writing this book about Linux about two years ago, and I've come back to it off and on. It's called a problem-oriented dictionary to Linux. Now here's here's the segue here. The idea behind this book was that instead of writing a help page slash documentation for something in the form of like this, so you, you're looking at a wiki and there's a, a, a heading there, you know, this is the, like the index, the, the links. How to, under the how to section, how to transparently transmogrify the difference between two different resolutions on several monitors that's even closer than what I... Anyway, the problem is, do not try to describe something to people who don't know what the thing is 
by giving a technical fucking description of it. Now, this works on Steam, and I'm not trying to pick on Goner here, but, like, this is a big problem. When someone needs to figure out how to do something in Linux or changing a tire, the manual in your roadside book, you know, your car's manual in your glove box, if you were looking up how to change a tire, it's not in there. It's under a chapter heading called something like um, how to perform, you know, self routine self-maintenance tasks. That's not going to fucking help you. You need to say how to change a tire. We all know what a tire is, especially if you've been driving, and we all know that what we want to do is change it because it's a flat. Um, so, like, describing things as technical jargon, especially for how-tos, especially for noobs, especially for beginner how-tos, that's something that I'm working on drilling down on in terms of, like, a vast array of Linux stuff. I've been trying to write this book, in all honesty, I got the idea for the book about eight years ago. But anyway, so, okay, so I'm not trying to yell at Goner. This is great copy. Goner is a tough-as-hell, procedurally generated 2D platformer with roguelike elements following the largely misunderstood and altruistic ick, I-K-K, that's, I guess, your character's name. On a journey to cheer up his only friend in this world, hyphen, a giant landbound whale named Sally, hyphen, by searching for just the right trinket in the deep and dark places nearby. So, okay, so that's great copy. And I understand, like, the necessity for, especially with, like, Steam descriptions, of using as few words as possible, because as we've all learned, especially in the one game where I called every uh, gamer who's under a certain age basically a depraved ADD fucking attention span retard rapist! That was not a high moment on the show, but it, I mean, it's true. Uh, anyway, no! <laughs> I know, I keep, I, I'm like Donald Trump, I cannot back down uh, from that idiotic thing. Um, but I know that people don't actually read a lot of the description, and when they do read them, they're abbreviated, even as brief as they are, and I also understand the exigencies of compressing into as few words as possible the glory that now we can compress into as few as words, few words as possible complex game design mechanics such as procedurally generated which basically if you're listening to the show you should pretty much know what that means 2D if you're a gamer of a certain age then you definitely understand what that means 2D platformer you definitely know what that means with roguelike elements and if you're a gamer at all today you should understand what that means Yes, to unpack each one is complicated, but this is, I mean, this is not, that's not a game description that, that the ages will bear well. Anyway, ironically enough, I'm, I'm yelling, I'm not yelling at Goner, I'm just yelling at, I'm not even yelling at the game copy, I'm just yelling at a trend here. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't I'm sorry. keep fucking saying that to me! I know, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, Goner is everything, I've only played it, I only had a chance to play for .2 hours, but Goner is a super special game. It looks like it might be a super special game. Uh, it came out uh, just recently, October 12th, and what do I mean by super special? I mean, it kind of combines the, expo the expo exciting exploration aspects of Starbound um, Fracken Universe, which basically means just like a ton of fucking, you know, 
enemies, variety, objects, and shit with procedurally generated levels. But it's a side-scrolling platformer slash side-scrolling shooter with um, some very cute poetic, you know, plots like Super Meat Boy meets Starbound Fracking Universe in a weird way. I, you know, I don't know how else to describe it because you you find all of these trinkets. That it's never the same game twice, um, and it doesn't have the. It's not burned with the narrative structure that um, you find in some other procedurally generated roguelike games. This is a very quick, very responsive, super Meat Boy esque game, but with procedurally generated levels. So, and really cool art style, really pops, and the controls really pop, um, and it's super fun to play. Um, in fact, I wish I were playing it now. I, in fact, bought the Goner Jump to Die Edition, which is $12.99. So that's Goner for our uh, new and noteworthy. Then, a game that has been available for a long time. I know I've are fine. We'll go fucking an hour this week. Fuck it. Hopefully we'll, 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 we'll not go an hour, but Steam, can you, can you wake up and help me here? Up next, we have Skybreak. Skybreak came out on October 22nd, 2015. So basically a year ago. It was 20 years ago today. It was last year today that Skybreak, S-K-Y-B-R-E-A-K, Skybreak came out. Um, they just launched, they just came out with their final release, which ultimately added Linux support because this was the first time that I played Skybreak. I've only played it for like 0.1 hours. This is just a new and noteworthy mention. Skybreak builds itself as an open-world game on a stormy, abandoned planet filled with wild mechas. Learn to master this world and to hack the mechas if you want a chance to survive. So far, the user reviews overall very positive, 86 reviews. Like I said, it came out a year ago, but they are now in their final release and completely run on Linux Mint 18. Um, I almost got sucked into it because I tried to play... I just tried to play. I bought, you know, four games right before starting to record. This was like at 10 o'clock tonight. Um, and uh, I just wanted to make sure they all started up uh, so I could do a competent, new and noteworthy <laughs> where the games actually run, which, you know, apart from Payday 2 was the only time. And Payday 2 prior to that episode ran fine on Linux, but immediately for that episode. Anyway, um... I almost got sucked into Skybreak. That's S-K-Y-B-R-E-A-K. Um, it's a third-person, like, kind of uh, highly scientific, um, procedurally generated, I think it's a procedurally generated uh, world exploration game, kind of similar to um, a game we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, oh, uh, Valley. It's kind of similar to Valley, only Valley isn't procedurally generated. Anyway, uh, almost got sucked into it. It is now out. Congratulations to Skybreak and double congratulations to Skybreak for having Linux support. And then finally, just a, another honorable mention, I, although our last honorable mention did just consume fucking 10 minutes of the show. Um, another honorable mention, Magical Brickout. One of the games, <laughs> Magical Brickout is, okay, I'm just going to tell you, Magical Brickout is in final release, you know, whatever, runs great on Linux. Magical Brickout is Arkanoid. It's a standard brick, block-breaking, brick 
game, brick breaking block game, block breaking, cock blocking, mother, motherfucker, don't you fuck, you are King Kong and got nothing on me. Um. <laughs> Just trying to parse, parse that. It's like Arkanoid Revenge of Daw. It's like a breakout game, breakout. It's your magical breakout. Only you're there to save the fairies from the evil wizard, and I'm not even kidding. It it's amazing, save the fairies. Um, but instead of bouncing the ball off of the paddle, you bounce the ball off of the level, which you can rotate around the ball. It is one of the most I'm not drunk yet. I'm not even buzzed yet. I tried to play it about an hour and a half ago. It is second only to this other game whose name I've been trying to remember for an hour and a half, and I'm just not gonna be able to remember it. It is second to that game. Okay, fine, you're right. You're right. I have to I have to I have to figure out what the name of that game was. It is so hard drunk. It is so hard drunk. Oh my god, it makes you look like special knees all up in your grill. Oh my god, it's so hard drunk. Let's see, um uh, Oh my god, I knew this was gonna be impossible. I knew it. Oh my god, I can hear sirens. So I can't remember the name of the game. Magical Breakout. I can remember the name of the game. Magical Breakout. Super fun. It is incredibly hard if you're intoxicated. Um, Magical Breakout. Uh, out of early access. Finally. Completely released. Congratulations to Magical Mole Breakout. Save the fairies. I've played for seven whole fucking minutes. Um, but yeah. 10-17-2016. Magical Breakout 1.0. 1, 1 Release. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congrat. Congratulations. Oh my god. That sounds horrible. Um, it's way fun once you get into it, but if you've had one or two or 12 or 36 or 64, 128, 286 cocktails, it is a difficult game. It is challenging. One of the comforting things is they don't tell you in the tutorial is that as you rotate the world in the once you get out of the tutorial, which is not very it's not a very good tutorial, but once you escape from the tutorial, as you rotate in a constant direction the entire playfield, like let's say you keep holding left, it begins to add some backspin to the ball. Like a miniature gravitational field begins to build up within the ball. So you can influence the ball in other ways than just twitch-based fucking manipulation of, of the anyway. Magical breakout. Been looking for a legitimate Arkanoid 
type of game. Successor to that, Magical Brickout, pretty good. I mean, it's not a review, but pretty good. Um, that other game, though, is way better. Ah, oh, shit. And I don't have it in my notes. Another game that I cannot... This is this is not good. This is like the end of... This is, you know... This is this is the end of Little Rico right here. This is this is it. That wasn't good. That I know. Good. And you know me, I don't say nothing. I thought. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to recap our new and noteworthy, we had Soulless Ray of Hope. S-O-U-L-L-E-S-S, Ray of Hope. It's a game that was made by two high school kids. We had Negligé, visual novel. I can't even pull it back up to look at the details, so, because I know I'm going to get, I know I'm going to get Tim mesmerized! Oh my god! Oh! oh, Matt Damon. There, that's a good boner killer. Matt Damon's always a good boner killer. (laughs) Anyway, um, then we had Goner, which is a procedurally generated two-dimensional Side-scrolling platformer with roguelike elements that I gave a accidentally gave a bunch of shit to because I really wanted to make that game shine, even though I only played it for like 20 minutes. You can expect a complete review of Goner. That's G-O-N-N-E-R over the coming weeks. Cause it it looks like it has the potential to be something really special. Um then Skybreak, finally out of early access. That's S-K-Y space B-R-E-A-K. Um, third person behind the shoulder kind of scientific exploration of I think a procedurally generated 3D world very pretty, very scientific um, there you go and uh, Magical Brickout there you go that's magical as in it's magical and then Brickout as in fucking block breaking brick bouncing bloody dancing myth. A good idea. It's a great idea. I I agree. Oh, you give a fucking aspirin and an <laughs> Man, I'm sorry, Ivor. Why aren't you hit him with it then? What do you think? Oh, my God. It's Bolivian. Bolivian! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. Miss Meek's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Bolivian! Okay, so. And bring this to our feature. What I'm playing? Just this week. Mad Max. So. I'll talk over this until the guy jumps in. Gives a pretty good description of it. Mad Max is fucking unfucking believably gorgeous. Um, Fairly interactive port of the game from last year came out September first. I never asked you your name. Max. My name is Max. 2015. It came out last in Mad year. Mad Max. You begin with nothing. Okay, so this guy's just gonna tell us about Mad Max. I'm just going to tell you about Mad Max 2. So I can probably do it a little better than he can. Um, (laughs) If you want to read my first impressions, whatever, of Mad Max, check out uh, bestlinksgames.com the column. There's a link to it in this week's show blurb. Um, It is fucking awesome. There's a couple of caveats to this awesomeness. The first is that 
And before we even talk about the game, I'm just going to tell you straight up. So I, I downloaded the game two days ago or whatever when it went on sale on the Steam store as a Linux compatible game. Mm. And I was like, no fucking way. Because that game just came out, you know, in my mind. It just came out. And of course, it did just come out. Um, oh, you can get the fucking Mad Max anthology. That includes the movies. No shit. Holy shit includes all the movies. Includes Mad Max, Beyond the Thunderdome, um, Mad Max Road Warrior, uh, and Mad Max um, Fury Road, the, the remake. Holy shit. Wow, okay, that's cool. And that's only, that's 15% off uh, now through they don't say when, but I mean, this dude, this game pumped to see the movies again. I mean, I remember the poppy clips. By the way, you want you want to know who you don't you don't need who is to know this to find this out. Who owns www.thebeforetimes.com? Uh, That's me. Before the poppy clips. So anyway, in case you're like not a thousand years old as some of our listeners are, and myself included, <laughs> even though I try not to listen, Mad Max takes place in the Mad Max universe, which is a post-nuclear apocalyptic wasteland world um, ruled by uh, gasoline and roving gangs of psychotic, angry, angry tribal people who, uh, you know, wander the wasteland, looting and killing and raping and pillaging each other like it's fucking uh, the Dark Ages because, hey, guess what? <laughs> that nuclear flash means, hey, begin the dark ages again. Um, the before times, the poppy clips. Get get your Viewmaster ready, kiddos, because Mad Max, the game on Linux, is fabulous. It's fucking awesome. We'll talk more about the game in a moment. But first, I want to say this. So I downloaded the game, started the game up, and I got the Feral Interactive splash mini screen which is awesome and is like the one of the best ways to start a Linux based game um, or platform independent game They're, the Feral Interactive thing which even lets you choose which display it runs on blah 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 Feral Interactive thing came up and then bam a warning message came up that said that my distribution was that that I was running trying to run the game on, an inc- on a distribution that might not be compatible with Mad Max so I'm like, okay, whatever. I clicked on the do not show this again, you know, blah. And then clicked on continue. Then, bam, I got another warning message. I got another warning message! Said, um, warning, you are running this game on a system that is using an incompatible uh, video card or driver version. You may experience, you're you know, it's like, I think it might have said you're probably going to experience problems or something like that. So at that point, I clicked on the view the readme file or view the view the compatibility thing. So it opened up uh, Chromium for me. And I, <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay, so, so completely supported distros for Mad Max include and are limited to exclusively Ubuntu 16 <laughs> that's it 
Anything else? It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the first time I've done a Shibaka on this show. So, that's the first thing. Second thing, this blew my fucking mind. Second thing is, in terms of supported video cards and drivers, I didn't write down the driver series as support, but in terms of video card hardware, it is limited exclusively to NVIDIA GeForce GTX 660i series of video cards. <laughs> So at that point, I just clicked on "Don't show the Don't show me this again." Actually, I didn't click on "Don't show me this again." I just clicked on "I'm brave." Did they dare? Yes, they dared. So I, I continued on, <laughs> and apart from one crash I had, which didn't occur in anything that was even remotely resembling some of the demanding either hardware, software, or um, just your processing capabilities of my rig, at least. Um, the only problem I had was not in any of those places. It was just this one time. It was the very first time I died and tried to load a save game. Um, it crashed and I just fired it back up again and I was back in. I've played for five hours. It has been rock solid. So right now we are running on a Mint 18 computer, um, running a cinnamon with five monitors. Uh, at the time, whenever I play games, I'm only running three. Um, generally, um, on a GTX, uh, 970 series NVIDIA card, um, NVIDIA G, and I don't have my driver version in front of me, but I'm gonna say that due to the fact that I've had problems with the GTX 970 series all up and down my asshole, um, in terms of, I just had lots of issues with it, um, I'm gonna say that based on my experiences, it's going to run rock solid for you, too, on whatever um, distro you have, including, I mean, you know, if you're running Arch and have been using Arch as your daily driver for a while, then you know how to get Arch to run fucking, Ma chances are you know how to get Arch to run Mad Max because it runs totally solid. I'm not even sure that there are um, I'm, I've not seen any graphical tearing issues. I have kind of a, um, an interesting draw distance, but my frame rate, uh, not interesting as in like superhumanly limited or anything like that. Um, but interesting as in, um, like when I pull out the sniper rifle, which gives you really long, 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 long distance. Um, and I try to track a convoy. I sometimes the convoy disappe disappears. I'm not sure if it's because the one time I was positive that this was like proof that ah I'm being limited, and I'm just running the straight up normal whatever video configuration. And I've run it in Windows. I've recorded the gameplay in Windows with a webcam and shit. I've done screencasts of it. The one time that I was convinced that I was being... Sure enough, I just followed the icon further, and yeah, there was a mountain in front of me between the convoy that I was tracking very far away with a sniper rifle. So, um, I haven't seen any tearing or any weird issues, and I've only experienced one crash out of five hours, and it happened at the very, very beginning of my very first game. Um, so there. My advice is you should get Mad Max right now, which is uh, $29.99. I highly recommend that you go get this game immediately because Mad Max 
Oh, and if it doesn't run on your rig or whatever, fuck it. Just send it back to Steam. They will give you a full refund. I returned games to Steam that you would not believe. I have returned so many games to Steam. I've, I probably returned like five games to Steam. Two of which I bought just to test out the return policy at various different times. Um, one of which I played for like six hours before returning it. Um, this is part of the miracle of the Steam whole Steam approach to fucking video games. You could never do this before. Not just with computer gaming, but with any video games. If it didn't run on your machine, well, great. Did you open it? Did you open the box? Oh, that's cool. Wow. So, what are you going to do with that game? That's the guy at the store that you bought it from when you try to return it. No. Steam will give you a full refund. If it, you know, for any reason. Any reason at all. So if you experience a bug breaking game or even up to like 20 out bug break uh, game breaking bug, excuse me. All that block breaking brick out paddle ball madness is dement derange your brain, son. Is this like maggots in your brain? So anyway, don't you can approach Mad Max without fear of system limitations. I encourage you to do so. Because so the first 20 minutes of the game, I was completely unimpressed. I'm like, not only is this not, like, pretty, you know, this is a very standard intro sequence, you know, blah, 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 I know, I know about the before times, I know about the poppy clips, and I'm, you know, I'm pins and needles to see if it'll even fucking run, ba-bam, in-game cinema sequences start after the introductory slide show thing, which, you know, harkens back to Fallout 2 and Give me a kiss to build a dream on, and my imagination will. War. War never changes. Harkens back to all of those good old post apocalyptic days from the before times as we remember them. Um, And then, bam, in game cinema, which didn't really completely blow my mind, but. It was very, 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 very good with, you know, like, AAA title caliber um, character models and camera effects and all this shit. And, you know, I'm just waiting for the game to crash at this point at any second, you know, because, like, these big, scary warnings have popped up. So then I get in-game, and I, I do the first couple missions, and I'm underwhelmed. I don't like our companion chum bucket. This is, you know, this is my first, very, very first impression of the game. All of which have been completely reversed. Now that I've spent five hours in the game, have come to understand the game's mechanics, the game's environments, the graphic engine, what it's capable of, and what you are capable of doing as Mad Max. Holy fucking Christ. If you're a longtime listener of this show, you know that I love me some Tomb Raider. Okay, you also know I love me some Shadows of Mordor. I think 142 hours worth of Shadows of Mordor. Um, you know, 100 hours of Tomb Raider. Okay? Those are AAA titles from, from a long time ago, from several years ago. Tomb Raider's 2013. Shadow uh, Shadows of Mordor is from, you know, around that period too, I think. You know that I love me some Witcher 2, which we'll talk more about later on in the show. You know that I love me some Starbound. Blah. Mad Max. Starbound and The Witcher 2 have nothing to do with Mad Max, by the way. Mad Max is a combination of the best elements of Shadows of Mordor 
We're talking like the upgradability of everything, the importance of upgrading everything, the complete freeform sandbox, but nonetheless bloody combat. Also, the the mission structure of Shadows of Mordor, where you're off doing something, and then something else will happen in the middle of you doing something, and you're going to you know, chances are, depending on how you feel at that moment, you might want to abandon whatever it is that you think that you're doing to go do this other thing that has just popped up on the map um, which is great because that's like what I call like the modern day version of choose your own adventure like where, oh, okay, so Shadows of Mordor isn't supposed to be a retelling of Lord of the Rings, it's supposed to be my fucking ranger experience of Lord of the Rings, my, I hate Lord of the Rings by the way, but my buddy Jeff has, has kind of helped me understand you know, but anyway, I didn't need any understanding uh, from Shadows of Mordor because I played the shit out of it, it was so good I got this fucking wet dream experience of being able to fu- I'm not going to say wet dream again or tits or negligee again in the, in this episode but it gives you this whole experience of this is not someone else's idea of of what is supposed to happen here jammed down your throat it's delicately jammed down your throat, which is the art of programming video games. It's always been. It's always, you know, ultimately a one-player game, you versus the program. Anyway, we won't get into those aspects of it, but it's the most elegant version of it, and it gives you the experience, like you're doing something in Ma- in, in Mad Max. If I've said Max Payne uh, previously in the show, I'm sorry. It's Mad Max, not Max Payne. Max Payne is not available for Linux. Mad Max, you're doing something in Mad Max, like, you know, driving to an open-ended objective, and all of a sudden you come under sniper fire because you've wandered into the area that's controlled by someone else's fucking oil pumping station, and they've drawn a bead on you, and you got, like, a real fast... You got multiple choices to make there, and then all of a sudden you'll get rammed by some fucking convoy or some rogue, weird, roving, uh band of brigands who are trying to fucking loot you as you're getting nailed by this sniper and you're wondering am I gonna go forward am I gonna go back what the fuck and so all of a sudden you you fucking hit the nitrous from a dead stop spin a fucking 360 dust clouds all of a sudden dust storm is coming on you fucking not a whirlwind a dust a sandstorm like fucking tales of the arabian nights caliber sandstorm roaring and all of a sudden you and these three motherfuckers who are trying to kill you are in a death chase of each other and you use you get chum bucket to ready the harpoon and he fucking pulls the one driver out of the fucking window and the other guy he's ramming you and he's ramming you your car's on fire thus the fabric of great games are made from from such fabric great games are made okay i want to say one other thing before we jump off of mad max because you can depend on a full you though you say you're blue anyway that's an Earl Hines reference. You can depend on me. There will be a, just as sure as there was a full fucking review of Tomb Raider, there will be a full review of Mad Max. Hopefully within the next two weeks, because I gotta beat the shit out of this, and it is huge. Everything is upgradable. I Two things about Mad Max before we move on to everyone's favorite section, the deals! Um, we have a pretty decent deal section for you this week. 
Um, two things though. I first got like the heebie-jeebies of, ooh, this could be a really, really fucking cool game because it, it takes a lot more than just fucking triple A fucking character models and and uh, textures and environments and the environments. Oh my god, they are fucking gorgeous, even though they're underwhelming at first. You will, they reveal themselves slowly, kind of like a mirage. By the time you're five hours into the game, I, I've, I haven't driven around a lot. I've just done a lot of shit. And I'm, it's nothing in comparison to the amount of shit that can be done in Mad Max. Um, but I've seen things that you people cannot even begin to imagine. Um, for reals. It's a, anyway, so my first, my first thing before, cause that's the second thing that I want to talk about before we, stop talking about Mad Max first thing is so they take away everything from you at the beginning of the game spoiler alerts for anyone who you know blob but this is the first 10 minutes of the game and you meet this crazy guy named Chum Bucket he's a fucking deranged hunchback batshit crazy lunatic he's also your mechanic co-pilot and trust me listen to Chum Bucket by the way that's one thing I've learned when Chumbucket goes crazy, going, Red Devil Eyes approaching! And points to your right. That means they are coming from your right, and you better fucking get ready. Um, Chumbucket is also your weapons guy. Uh, car combat in, in Max, in Mad Max, it's unlike any car combat you've ever played before. In a lot of ways, it's very innovative because you have Chumbucket, and Chumbucket is your weapons guy. He's also your mechanic. He's the guy who fixes your car. Anyway, so you and Chum Bucket at the very beginning of the game go off to find a body for the Magnum Opus, which is Chum Bucket. Chum Bucket also is an insane cultist who, he's the only member, by the way, of this cult religion that believes in the glory and deification of fucking all things automotive. Ah, sacrifice, sacrifice, all the solenoid, sacramental solenoid, through its miracle, we can have all eight. Like, it's that sort of batshit crazy. He's a lunatic, and he's a hunchback, and he looks kind of like Gollum, if without the symmetry of Gollum's face. Imagine Gollum hitting the forehead with a shovel that knocked down his eye, and that's, that's Chumbucket. Batshit crazy. He's also your best friend and only friend. I love Chumbucket. He does a lot of shit for you. So you and Chumbucket, first thing to complete the magnum opus, the first project, is to get a body, f- to get the body for the car. He needs a body. It's just like a fucking, uh, what do you call him? Um, a dune buggy when you come upon it. So, you do this whole mission, you know, drive to where, ah, yes, yeah, ah, that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you're pretty much underwhelmed because it's very standard driving engine, you know, nothing looks that pretty. Wastelands don't look pretty. Fucking ruined cars don't look that pretty. So, it takes a lot before you see anything that, like, really blows your mind. But, but when you start seeing it a lot, Anyway, so my mind got blown, though. I started to get the sneaky suspicion that this game might be very, 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 very good. When, so finally I get to where the body is. And built into that mission and built into that level design and everything is a mechanism that lets you pick your own body for the car out of, like, eight different body bodies. And I, I assume that the differences are primarily cosmetic, but everything else that goes into building the magnum opus 
Everything is upgradable from shocks, suspension, tires, armor, uh, fucking uh, all this shit. I mean, literally, there's like 10 categories of upgradable things for that. There's also five categories of upgradable things for Max himself. Five categories of upgradable things for Max's gear. Then there's also Max's upgradable um, thing with this other guy that I won't talk about where you can upgrade the actual base stats of Max. You can unlock abilities for hand-to-hand combat, which is very similar to Shadows of Mordor. Um, for Max, as he goes through all of this shit, but when I got to pick my own car body, I was like, holy fuck. These guys might not just be trying to make a Mad Max game. These guys might be trying to make a your Mad Max game. Like, we're gonna give you Mad Max. You're gonna be him. And it's gonna be your experience. And so far, the game has yet to fail in that approach. And with every hour of gameplay, seems to find, honestly, every hour, every half hour, seems to find a new way to expand and build out this freeform, sandbox, story-driven, combat-oriented, role-playing game, multifaceted, glorious-looking. I mean, it is unbelievable, the shit that you will see in this game. It's not stuff that you're going to see, though, during any cutscenes. It's stuff that you're going to see while you're playing it. And these moments are going to be frozen in your brain, like screenshots. It's that good. Because the engine favors the way it makes things explode. Um, just the same, the character models are fucking unbelievable. Check out the column this week. Stay, keep your ears peeled for a full review. Until then, I say, go get Mad Max. It's $29.99, or even better, if you haven't ever seen any of the movies, I haven't seen the remake yet. Jeff, Jeffy Wise, pointed that out, that he hadn't seen it, seen the remake. I was like, oh my god, neither have I, and I don't think I ever need to, because this is, like, so much better. Um, like, I cannot imagine a remake that is better than this game. This is so much better. <laughs> um, and if you're a veteran fan of Mad Max, well then, if you're from the before times like I am, and you remember what it was like before the Poppy Clips, I think you will be very pleased. And especially if you're any sort of fan of sandbox games at all, this is like Shadows of Mordor, crossed with Tomb Raider crossed with Saints Row 4 the sandbox elements of Saints Row 4 like the mini mission idea of Saints Row 4 which was anyway it's a hell of a game keep your ears peeled for for a full review that concludes this week's what I'm playing feature Uh, that brings us to everyone's favorite the deals so first off as promised we have The Witcher 2 The Witcher 2 W-I-T-C-H-E-R and then the number 2 or Roman numeral I-I and those would be capital and that's what you should be saying is I-I motherfucker to going to buy The Witcher 2 because right now Witcher 2 for those of you who don't remember um, was the first AAA role playing game uh, AAA role playing game title to be ported to Linux via Steam after Steam made the announcement that they were you know, behind Linux Witcher 2 which is and if you haven't played Witcher 1 that's fine I told as I told Jeff Jeffy Wise you wanted to 
play them in order. Witcher 2 is better than Witcher 1 in every way, and you can pick up Witcher 2 and not need to know anything about Witcher 1 and just enjoy Witcher 2. I, I hardly recommend that. Like, I mean, because we're not, none of us are getting any younger, by the way. Um, and so if you're saving yourself to find the time to play Witcher 1 and then Witcher 2, don't. Because Witcher 1 is not as good as Witcher 2 in every way, especially from a software design standpoint. And it doesn't run on Linux, but like, you know, on whatever platform, Witcher 1 does not run on Linux, but whatever platform, it's not as good as Witcher 2. Witcher 2 is fucking fabulous, by the way. Witcher 2, now through October 24th, is 85% off at $2.99. Great role-playing game with a gamepad on your Linux box. You got a Steam controller? Fucking throw that shit up or a Steam Link and a Steam controller. Get in your hammock, throw this shit up on your big screen, and, you know, fucking call in to work for the week because you're going to be playing some Witcher 2. And, you know, that's just, I mean, that's just long and short of it. And you'll be doing it for $2.99. Um, which is unfucking thinkable. Like that game is fabulous. I mean, by any standards, modern or archaic standards, future standards, it's a fucking awesome game. Um, it is really good. Witcher 2, one of my favorites. I've never beaten it, but I've spent a hundred hours or so in it. Um, at least 50 of which were on Linux. Uh, so there you go. If you've been putting it off, for whatever reason, I, I don't think I've ever seen it cheaper than $2.99 now through October 24th. Then, since we talked a lot about like game design stuff, I try not to, I've been trying to save up a bunch of this shit for the next special installment of Best Links Games Podcast, where we talk about game creation. We've done one episode and have alluded to it in several episodes um i want to do a, a, another episode of all about linux and game creation uh especially post episode 100 which had a lot of a lot of information about where unity and stuff is but a tool that was not mentioned and is one of the tools that i mean realistically if you're going to make a side-scrolling platformer if you're into game design or specifically if you're into designing art elements and assets for two-dimensional games you know how frustrating it's been to find an excellent sprite editor you know other than just making templates and shit in gimp i understand you can do it the old-fashioned way i understand that's hard it's really hard and in fact it's it's frustrating it's always been frustratingly hard for me personally because i've known that there have been vastly better tools than doing it from scratch on your own in GIMP or anything and doing it in any image editing program um there have been vastly better tools that help you organize and better animate and better construct um especially sprite animations and characters and shit like that available for other platformers well the one exception to that is a program that i originally got through steam and i i abandoned the project that actually required me to use it but i did learn to use it for about Two weeks I, I got you know fairly i got functionally good at this program and found that it was very efficacious um at specifically the task of animating creating and animating two-dimensional sprites for games 
It is called Spriter, S-P-R-I-T-E-R, Spriter Pro. Spriter Pro never goes on sale, and not without good reason. Um, it's had some, it's had a checkered history with Linux, but, oh man, why does it say I've only used it for 83 minutes? That's unusual. That's unusual because I've used maybe... Hmm. I, I can't remember if I ported a license onto Steam. I remember finding out about Spider Pro through this podcast. Spider Pro running on Linux. Um, and then I remember doing a lot of work in it, actually. Uh, maybe I did it on a on a different machine. Maybe I did it on my studio computer. But anyway, Spider Pro, it's very easy to use. Never goes on sale. Not without good reason. Um, why? Whoa, why did my Discovery Cube pop up there? Um, <coughs> Spider Pro, the ultimate 2D game animation solution. Uh, the user reviews overall very positive. 125 reviews. Came out November 14, 2014 for other platforms. But generally, Spider Pro is a $60 program. Okay. Spider Pro now through October 24th is $29.99 and it runs on Linux. If you want to do this sort of shit, two-dimensional animation of sprites, specifically for video games, and you want to, you know, make the leap to a Linux-only daily driver, you want Linux to be you want a workable solution that is basically comparable to you know, industry standard software for doing this sort of stuff. Spryder Pro, it's not getting much better. Now through October 24th, Spryder Pro is half off at $29.99, down from 60 bucks. And then finally, a game that I played just tonight, we'll just quick mention of it. It's 99 cents. I had controller issues with this game, but this game, in its description, did invoke Geometry Wars and Geometry Wars 2. I think it might have invoked both of them. At the very least, it invoked Geometry Wars. So I had to buy it, especially considering there's 99 cents. Then I was disappointed with the way the controllers work, but I'm sure they'll get... They'll drill down on that, and they will... I can't, I hate that expression, but I watched the debate. The debates, like, five times. So fucking douchebag moderator's expression is stuck in my head. Um, drill down. That's what I'm referring to. But, uh... I'm sure that the makers of Bitmaster, B-I-T-M-A-S-T-E-R, which almost feels like a combination of um, Major Havoc in some ways, uh, a Demi-3D isometric Major Havoc, because it has this little mini-map that looks so much like Major Havoc. It's so reminiscent of Major Havoc. Anyway, it's a shooter. It's 99 cents. Its controls are fucked for right now. Those are our deals. Hopefully they will, if they ever fix, or it, I, I keep track of the, these things generally. It's hard to keep track of so many games all the time. But if they release a, a major update that fixes the control control issue that I, at least I, I experienced with Bitmaster, um, I'll let you know. But right now it's 99 cents, runs on Linux. Doesn't run great on Linux, but it has potential. Um, so there you go. That's our deals. End of the deals, end of the show. I will see you next week. Check out www.bestlinuxgames.com 
for uh, bestlinuxgames.com's the column, uh, where we talk all about Mad Max. Uh, more or less, you, you know what you need to do. Go buy it. Um, and we'll also have, I think this week we will have a video of the week of Mad Max, but there's also some screenshots on, uh, in the, you know, check it out, www.bestlinuxgames.com or, uh, wherever you found this episode, uh, links to it should be provided in the show blurb. I will, I will destroy everyone between me and Michael. You know, this is what I do. This is who I am. (laughs) I mean, I am I am mad. Mad fucking Max. It only runs on Linux. So, that's right, it does. Good evening. (laughs) I will catch you next week. Cheers, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Is it fucking ponderous, man? Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.